It is the Mike Winmacher Show, and we are joined now, uh, very honored to have this gentleman on, the CNN chief medical correspondent, author of a new book, World War C, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Good morning, and thank you so much for your time, sir. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Right off the hop, uh, I have to ask you, um, what was it like to work with the characters of Sesame Street on those town halls on CNN? Was, <laughs> was, was Elmo a prima donna, or uh, how, was that whole, how was that whole thing? Big Bird, I think, was the prima donna. You know, <laughs> Elmo, Elmo was just cute. I mean, you can't you can't get away from it. He's just ridiculously cute. No, I mean that that was it was it was really great. Yeah. And I and I uh, I have to just tell you, you know, programming that kind of content to kids. Right. Yes. It's it's a real talent. I mean, I I think people think, oh, you just it's just kids. You know, no, you've got to it's it's smart content. You've got to present it in a, in a way that uh, is is very informed, but you know, not going to frighten people. And right. I think they, it, it's a real skill set. I was going to say, how how challenging was that? Because it was a very important thing because it was hard for adults at that particular moment to comprehend what's going on, let alone try to convey that to their children and the just how important this stuff was. I, I think in some ways, when we would have these, these long editorial discussions about the show, we realized that we were we were really programming to both uh, yeah. adults and children, and in, in some ways, the, the the children's questions were a metaphor for the questions that adults really wanted to ask, but oftentimes didn't. You know, sometimes they felt silly asking the question, but in fact, it was the question everybody really had. So, you know, it, it was it was it was really interesting process to watch, but also just you know, Sesame Street, the way they do it, the way that they they. The, the, there's a flow to it. You talk about serious topics, and then you, you have things that kind of may lighten the mood a bit, and then you have the, the, the specifics of what you can do about what's happening. It was really fascinating to watch. I learned a lot working with the cast of Sesame Street. We're talking. Never thought I'd say that. Yeah, right. I, <laughs> I think we all have. I mean, even from you know, as a kid growing up on it to an adult, there is always something there, and it's it's such an institution. Uh, you can always learn something. I think it just goes to show even people, uh, you know, that believe they're super smart. There's always something else that you can learn from a particular program like that. We're talking with uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, new book, World War C. I have to fully admit, uh, when I first heard the rumors about this this possible virus that that can, can shut down the U.S. possibly, I thought, no way. There's no way that can happen. Uh, was our arrogance about us being so technologically advanced and medically advanced, was that part of the reason we got hit so hard by this particular pandemic? I think there's a lot of reasons for this. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think that, first of all, it's 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 just a bad virus, right? And it's mm-hmm. one of these that, that does exist in nature. And, you know, we haven't had a pandemic this bad in over 100 years. And a lot of people thought, you know, we wouldn't again. Other people thought we certainly were going to again. So I think part of it was just how do you invest in being being prepared? How do you invest in prevention? I mean, people don't do a great job of it in their own personal lives, right? I want to prevent disease for when I'm in my, you know, when I'm older. So I'm going to do all these things now. Those things fall off the map. And if you apply that to a societal level, then I think the same thing happens. I mean, I think, you know, one thing that I, I think hasn't gotten enough attention is just the physical health of, of the population of the United States and other wealthy countries. A pandemic, this pandemic disproportionately affected wealthy countries. That, that's, that's shocking to hear. But as a general rule, wealthier countries were harder hit. And usually you think 
that it will be countries that don't have the same resources of a wealthy country, but the diseases of affluence, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, uh, lung disease, kidney disease, those were all significant risk factors for developing severe illness. And again, we, we know this, we know that we need to be healthier, but all of a sudden when you have a pandemic and right away, within months, it sort of says, okay, risk factor become very clear in terms of who the disease is most likely to affect, I think that's got to serve as a wake-up call. We spend $4 trillion on health care every year. That's what a wealthy country can do. But we had some of the worst outcomes in the entire world when it came to this disease, and we realized we've probably got to be thinking very differently going forward about how to, how to spend on health care and what we need to do. And frankly, that's an optimistic note because we can do something about it. You know, some people say it's like a hurricane. You can't do anything about it. You've got to hunker down and just deal with it. No. There are ways to become pandemic proof, as scientist after scientist told me. And I wanted to make sure if that was the case, that, that I laid it out in a way that people could understand. I was going to say, when you were putting together this book, you thought about, uh, you talked about the things you learned uh, from, you know, working on the Sesame Street. What were some of the things you learned when doing research for this particular book, World War C? I, I, you know, I learned so many things. Obviously, there was the, the science behind the virus and how this is an unusual virus. How could a respiratory virus cause isolated loss of smell, for example? How, why was it causing strokes in young people? Uh, now they say maybe we shouldn't even call it a respiratory virus. Maybe we should call it a vascular virus, a vascular disease, COVID. So there were things like that, obviously the science around the vaccines. But I think, you know, more than anything, I think it was around human behavior. You know, if you tell, tell people that something is 0.5% lethal, you're going to get certain people, a certain group that will say 0.5%, that means one in 200 people are going to die? We, we better be careful. You know, we better protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. And another group of people might hear that same data and say, so I'm 99.5% good, right? What's the problem here? Yeah. And it's the same objective data, very different subjective interpretations. So that you know, how people assess risk was fascinating to me. I interviewed a professional poker player for the book because I really wanted to understand how people evaluate risk. And professional poker players are constantly forced to bet on uncertainty. How much uncertainty are you willing to bet on? Or how much, how certain are you of something <laughs> that you'd place your money on that, you know, if you look at it a different way? I think another thing that I learned was just the very nature of this being a novel virus. We knew it was a virus, but I think the word novel often sort of got skipped over. Mm-hmm. We never dealt with anything like this. And I think what's ironic about that is that if something is brand new, then you probably shouldn't be bringing your preconceived notions to it because your preconceived notions can actually get in the way. People right away thought, oh, this is going to be just like SARS. That was a coronavirus from China. This is going to behave just like that. Nope, didn't behave anything like that. They thought, well, this would be like H1N1. That was the last pandemic we had. Um, Nope, wasn't anything like that either. And if you started to think a certain way because of your preconceived notions, it might lead you down the wrong path. So are you capable of truly treating something as new? Can you do that? Human, uh, human adults really aren't that good right. at it. Kids do it all the time. Right. But adults, when's the, last time, when's the last time you experienced something for the first time? And True. It's been a long time probably. Right. Yeah. You know? So yeah. 
there, there were things like that that I learned that I really tried to uh, to explain in the book. Do you, do you feel like that may have played in a little bit to then to the vaccine hesitancy uh, in that people just weren't used to having to have a vaccine for something so new? I, I think that, you know, that that's part of it. I think vaccine hesitant or vaccine reluctant people, you know, they have different reasons right. for that. Um, you know, some are truly concerned about the, the vaccine and worried about the impact it will have on their body. And, and and the idea that it is new may be part of that. There's other groups of people who, who say, look, don't mandate these things. You know, we live in a country of personal freedom. When you mandate things, that turns me off. I'm not going to do it. And I've heard that from a lot of people. It's not that they're even, they believe the vaccine works. They believe it's safe. They just don't want to be told what to do. And I thought that would be a smaller, uh, you know, right. uh, sort of impact. But there's a lot of people who fall into that category, even healthcare workers. And I also think there's a group of people, and I don't know how large, but are just people who, who are sowers of doubt, creators of chaos. Mm-hmm. They're not, it's not just misinformation that gets out there. It's disinformation, which I think is sort of purposeful misinformation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're dealing with all that. Yeah. We've dealt with these things before the pandemic as well. But I think, I think what is different now is that it's really hard to tell the difference between good information and bad information now. Yeah. Everything gets treated sort of the same way. And um, I think that makes it really challenging for people who are just in their own minds trying to do the right thing. We're talking with Dr. Sanjay Gupta, been so generous with his time, new book, World War C, you know, from the CNN, a chief medical correspondent. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned about the information that's out there. Let me ask you about the advent of the Internet when it comes to practicing medicine. I mean, it's a way now to kind of share information much more quickly, but I think it's a double-edged sword. It also gives people a possibility to think that they know better because they've done the research online. How, how difficult is that to combat at times? It's, it's really, really difficult because you let's say you have an idea about something. You think, okay, well... Uh, I believe that the vaccine is more likely to kill you than it is to protect you. I'm totally making that up. That's right. obviously a false statement. Right, yes, exactly. But if you were to Google that right now, you would likely find some article out there that would support that. And then you'd have a lot of confirmation bias as a result. You'd share that article with other people. And, you know, there may be other people who say, look, this is nonsense. Uh, where, where, where are you getting this from? What's the source? You know, and, and start digging down. But for a lot of people, you know, they may just read the headline if they've already sort of been inclined to believe that. And now they get an, another piece of data in their own mind that supports it. It just it just sort of really pushes that, that misinformation along. So it's really challenging. And, you know, I, I think that if you look at even on social media, I was struck by the fact that um, I was reading these Facebook uh, testimony around, you know, the Instagram accounts and things, and they were saying that they they take down billions of fake accounts. Facebook does billions of fake accounts. I mean, half the population of the world, really. There may yeah. be that number of fake accounts out there. When you go onto social media, it's almost like you're going into Westworld, <laughs> the way that they were <laughs> yeah. describing it. Oh, the robots, yeah. What is a robot? What is human? I don't even know. <laughs> right. It's, it's like it could be half and half. It could even be higher than half and half. So that makes it really challenging because all of a sudden you're, 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 you're in a community of people who seem to believe the same thing that you believe, that shouldn't get vaccinated, COVID's a hoax, I ain't going to do it. And and then when you sort of start to peel back the layers, you realize that so many 
of the people that you are interacting with aren't even really people at all. Yikes. They're strategic sort of avatars or bots to 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 fester, you know, these 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 um, this misinformation out there. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, let's let's try to leave on a positive note because I know your time is very valuable, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Always so insightful. Um, so, Thank you. Play, playing this out. What are some of the things that has happened in the medical field during this pandemic that we can take into the post-pandemic world? I think you touched on it earlier. I think preventative medicine has become a big thing and a lifestyle change may be something we can take from now and put it into practice to make sure we're more prepared for the next possible pandemic. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that, that's, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways for me is that um, there was no question that there were there are populations of people who are just much more vulnerable to this disease, and that's based on pre-existing, you know, conditions, many of which are addressable. And, you know, I, it's, again, that's not new knowledge, but I do think that this has served as a wake-up call. But I think you can't just present the problem without presenting a plan, and, and that's really what I wanted to do in the book. How do we address making sure everyone has the strongest possible immunity they can? That was a big one. I also, you know, the vaccines, as much as they become, uh, you know, politicized, you know, you talk to scientists uh, who've, who've worked on this their whole lives, and the soft-spoken, you know, sort of reserved people who will say this was our moonshot. It was that big a deal. We essentially sent a man to the moon, uh, you know, is that level of, of scientific endeavor, these vaccines. The good news is that some of the same technology that were used for, you know, the, the COVID vaccines can be used for other vaccines for other future pathogens, but even for other diseases like cancer. The mRNA technology was being used already, being trialed in cancer patients before the pandemic hit. Then all of a sudden everything got shifted to obviously taking care of the pandemic. But we're going to hear a lot more about some of these pretty remarkable medical technologies. So from a scientific perspective in terms of scientific endeavor, but also at a very, very individual health perspective, I think that there's a lot that's been learned and a lot that we can do going forward to make ourselves pandemic proof. And that's, that is a really optimistic note. Yeah. New pathogens, we're going to keep seeing them. They do not have to turn into pandemics. And I, and I, and I hope that people will, will take that away from everything that we're reporting and, and, and writing about. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, thank you so much for all you have done. You and Dr. Fauci, the steady hand you guys have had to kind of keep us all sane throughout all of this. Uh, appreciate all the long hours you put in. And thank you once again so much for being so gracious with your time. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the program again, maybe in happier times when we have kind of put this behind us so we can talk about uh, the, the, these marvels in, in medicine that you've, you've been talking about that hopefully are on the horizon. I would love that. Have, please, anytime. Love right. to talk to you again. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Sanjay Gupta, new book, World War C. I know we interrupted news right there, but I felt that was a very important conversation to have.